Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Tucked deep inside the Inflation Reduction Act is a provision that some legal experts are claiming expands the EPA's authority to regulate greenhouse gas emissions. Then there are other legal experts saying not so fast. This expanded authority isn't quite so. These experts say the law did little to address the Supreme Court's June ruling limiting the EPA's climate authority over power plants. So how will the impact of this climate provision really shake out? Today we check in with Politico's Alex Guillen about what this greenhouse gas provision states and what it can mean for the EPA's authority and legal challenges to regulations going forward. It's Thursday, August 25th. So, Alex, the legal world and Twitter are buzzing about a provision in the Inflation Reduction Act that some are claiming expands the EPA's ability to regulate greenhouse gas emissions. So just explain what this provision says. Yeah, so at a number of points throughout the Inflation Reduction Act, it'll say somewhere, for example, for the purposes of this section, the term air pollutant is defined to include greenhouse gases, including carbon dioxide and methane, and it lists a whole bunch. And so basically, that's providing a statutory definition, at least under those provisions, for greenhouse gases to be considered an air pollutant. And that sort of matters because the Clean Air Act lists a bunch of compounds as air pollutants, conventional pollutants, though. We're talking about air toxics and particulate matter and sulfur dioxide, um, which are all listed in the Clean Air Act, and they're all things that EPA regulates in other ways. Um, but, you know, when Congress passed the Clean Air Act, they said, well, we're not certain we've listed every air pollutant ever to exist, so there is a process for EPA to declare other air pollutants to be dangerous and then be able to regulate them. And so basically that's what happened the first time around. So basically about 20 years ago, there was a lot of fighting over whether or not EPA had the authority to regulate greenhouse gases. This went back and forth in the courts for a while. And then in 2007, the Supreme Court ruled that yes, EPA can declare greenhouse gases to be an air pollutant and then it would have the authority and really the mandate to regulate them. And so in 2009, the Obama administration did that. They issued what's called the endangerment finding, which just declared that carbon dioxide from tailpipes from vehicles is an air pollutant. It's gone on from there, obviously, to expand to other areas and, and other greenhouse gases. So in a sense, experts are broadly agreeing, yes, the IRA did basically write into law that finding from EPA. Gotcha. And there's legal experts, though, saying that this IRA provision doesn't actually change anything, and it doesn't give the EPA more regulatory authority over greenhouse gases. So what's that argument then? Well, so there's broad agreement that the IRA and this language does basically write into law what happened with the Supreme Court in 2007 and then the endangerment finding from the Obama administration, which is that EPA has regulatory authority over greenhouse gases, this basic question, the really basic threshold question. And that's good, everyone's agreeing, but that hasn't really been a serious matter of contention for a very long time. Even the Trump administration didn't try to pull back on the endangerment finding, really, because there's just no factual way to do that. There's no way to deny 
um, the science behind climate change and how greenhouse gases are affecting them. So it's good to that extent, but it's not exactly changing the status quo. The disagreement among a lot of these legal experts is over how much this and lots of other climate provisions in the IRA are going to affect things in the future for EPA. And I think what happened was a lot of people have been hearing this news and sort of interpreting it as, oh, well, Congress overturned the Supreme Court's West Virginia ruling, or at least Congress has given EPA broad new authority to address climate change. And that's really not correct. They definitely did not overturn the Supreme Court. Congress could do that if it wanted to. They could pass a bill that would overturn that ruling and give EPA the authority that the Supreme Court said it doesn't have. That's not going to happen, of course. (laughs) So what we're left with here is lots of sort of new authorities, money for EPA and other agencies to invest in electrification and reducing pollution from the power sector and the oil and gas sector, lots of different little provisions and tidbits in there. So some experts are saying that all adds up to sort of a new understanding under the Clean Air Act that climate change is a major threat and a major part of what the Clean Air Act should be used for in addressing. So they're saying this is providing a stronger basis for EPA to regulate greenhouse gases going forward. Yeah, basically you're saying, and what experts are telling you, as this definition provision in tandem with, for example, the methane fee that's in this law and measures to reduce emissions from utilities, that that kind of changes the legal and economic context around future challenges to EPA regulation. Is that right? Yeah, that's what I'm hearing from environmentalists. They're saying that, you know, until now, Congress hadn't really passed much in the way of legislation that directly gave EPA any climate authority. And when they last overhauled the Clean Air Act in 1990, climate change wasn't that big a concern at that time. It wasn't directly addressed in all of what they were doing. So what they're saying is now Congress has said climate change is a big deal. We want EPA to address this with the existing authorities that it has, and we want them to act on it. So that's where environmentalists are coming from. You know, there are legal observers out there who are saying that maybe is an overly broad reading of the IRA. EPA, it's not being garnered any new authorities or anything it could use to get around like the conservative majority on the Supreme Court. So they're a little bit more skeptical about the broad impact of the IRA. So we'll have to see how things play out in the coming years. Really, the only way to tell how this could affect something like litigation or the regulatory process will be for that to play out. So (laughs) I'll be back on the podcast in a few years and we'll see how things turn out. Also, on Wednesday, the Interior Department's internal watchdog announced that former Trump administration Interior Secretary Ryan Zinke lied to investigators looking into whether or not he wrongfully blocked two native tribes from opening a casino in Connecticut in 2017. The Inspector General report comes out just as Zinke is running for a congressional seat in Montana. It comes out after another IG investigation in February uncovered Zinke's dishonesty over a personal real estate deal between him and the chairman of Halliburton while Zinke was Interior Secretary. The Interior Department noted that Zinke asked the IG to keep its findings out of public view until after the November 2022 election. The agency said this request was outside of its practices. The IG's office said that it forwarded the findings to the DOJ in 2018, but that in 2021, the department declined to pursue its own investigation. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. 
Some of the music in today's show is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.